Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, oh, that's, that's my, my gay, gay friend. friend, episode number 80. Yay, let's do it. Hey, husband, how are you tonight? I'm great, husband, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by, surprise, 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 we're back, you guys, we have missed you so much, it's been two weeks, and it's been too long. And it's been hot, the topics have been hot. They have been hot, steaming, and off of the presses, so baby, we're going to get right to the shenanigans, but before we do that, you know what it is we do each and every week. We're going to go ahead and gather your cocktail, and while you gather your libation, we will tell you our selection for tonight. And husband, what are you having over there in that pretty glass? I'm having some tequila with orange juice and a splash of grapefruit. All right. What about you? I'm remixing it. I'm having my tequila, mm-hmm. also with ginger ale, but a splash of grapefruit as well. So we're having two, you, you, are, you are combining two citruses things together i love a good citrus what can uh, i that's say that's gonna be a part of your mouth and we've got grapefruits to fucking kill <laughs> thanks to our good sis yes that provided a, a trader joe's bag for <laughs> yes so let's raise these glasses for a wonderful episode here we go clank 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 clank, 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 clank. let's take a sip let's see what it do oh i am thoroughly pleased surprise surprise that's nice it's nice let me see yeah. let's see what it do uh-uh. You got oh, you got shit. alpha 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 going on. <laughs> Stay tuned for that reference. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um just put your straw in. You can put your straw in. Okay. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. These guys try to kill me. Okay. So <laughs> explain to the people <laughs> what we're talking about because we're well, we're tight on time. We are tight on time. But it's okay. Listen, it's been two weeks. It's fine. How has your week been going? My two weeks. Yes. Uh, both of them have been good. The previous week, it rained a lot here in Los Angeles. But um, it was just me and the pups. We relaxed. We watched shows. A lot of sex in the city. Okay. A lot of living single. I realized my comfort zone when you're gone is really just watching familiar shows. I'm not really big into getting into new shit because that takes too much of my attention. And I like the option of, you know, maybe going on my phone on Instagram, taking a bath with things in the background. Right. So I literally blew through the first two seasons uh, and a half of Sex and the City. Then I jumped to season four, which is my personal favorite. The season uh, Samantha became a lesbian. (laughs) <laughs> for a few episodes i think that's when the show was like really in its back yeah and i rewatched the first two seasons of living single arguably the best uh seasons and this past week has just been me hustling gigging in this gig economy um keeping my head above water Good time style. Get my Florida Evans on. <laughs> Making the way for you can, baby. I mean, standing in a chow line, baby. But listen, it's a good situation because it is. We are recording on February first, and this is your birthday month. <laughs> Let's go. Thank you for shouting that out. You know, what I'm we saying? had a relationship conversation <laughs> last night. 
the people will need to know the best. It's your birthday month, February 1st. Listen. You know what I'm saying? So friends, there you go. Friends out there, we love you. We're close to you. So we share. We care. And we do each other's hair. Um, a shout out to Living Single. But yes, it is February, birthday month. We're still in Aquarius season. Shout out to you. You'll elaborate momentarily. But yes, it is my birth month. I will be in my late 20s by the end of this month. Um, Yo, what? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) It was a a Freudian slip or as... Uh, Portia would say a fraudulent slip. Shit, listen, people are thought I already robbed the cradle. Like, nigga, don't try you, to talk about you, your late 20s. You love it. Uh, I will be in my late 30s. I know all this moisturization, you can barely tell, but this beard gives it away. So, yes, um, th- uh, that is exciting. I'm excited. I really feel like things are starting to fall into place just on the first day of February. I feel like things are aligning for me. They are. Um, because they are, which typically happens in February. It's always big changes for me in February. I'll either be promoted, I'll either get a raise, or I'll get fired. Either way, things have happened for me to move and shift things in my life in February, and it's always been that way. So I'm very excited to see what will be moving, shaking, and shifting for me this year. But more importantly, the people want to know, what the fuck up has been up with you these past two weeks? Maybe I've been on planes and trains and boats and boats and things and all other things. So, as you know, it was my birthday month last month. Celebration still Aquarius season. Shout out to all the fa- fabulous, wonderful Aquarius in the world listening to the pod. And as you guys know, I went on a gay cruise. My third gay cruise was Atlantis Gay Cruise. Um, I'm giving them promo. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, maybe they'll sponsor. <laughs> I don't cruise, but you know, maybe yeah. So, and that's so that's a so let's address that. So that was one major question that kept happening on, uh, upon the cruise when I met people. They were like, "Oh, you're here by yourself?" I'm like, "Yeah, my husband doesn't cruise. You know, he did it, did it once. Horrible situation. So it was." A great, you know, like this is I come by myself for my birthday. This I'm a lone wolf man. I'm having a problem with that. So, but the cruise itself was, I told you, was transcending, and it really was. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I I processed what I need to process in life, and it was amazing, and I had a wonderful experience. And my birthday was on the twenty fourth, and we actually were. We docked in Puerto Rico. So I did that and I had, and it was raining. And you know me and rain. I'm not a big rain person. Like I get in my feels about rain, especially on your birthday. But I, I flipped it. I said, you know what? They say when someone gets married, if it happens to rain or the wedding day, that's a good sign. Yeah. It's happening. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna inv- invoke happiness on this and and enjoy what it is, and also because this is my year, I call it my year, my reverse year, because and I, I like numbers and I'm a numerologist in some ways. Um, I turned 42 on the 24th, and this is 2024. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, 24, 42. So like, I know this is a good situation for me. Like, this is a this is a big year for whatever's gonna happen. Yeah, but it's a 
big transitional year for myself and I have an idea of what I want that to be and I know who he is and who he's going to come out to be and, and I y'all not ready the, the world ain't ready like I slept on myself for a long time I'm not going to say purposefully but I just had and again the cruise for myself it was transcending and that's just it so it was amazing so um yeah a good time was had you know um that's it it's all i have to share <laughs> i don't have anything else to share i mean besides the fact that okay I, i'll talk to you about it so i can like, tell the, the, the friends of the podcast um listen 5200 gay men on the gay cruise something's bound to happen um two people passed away uh this is not uncommon for this particular cruise for to have someone to be deceased on the cruise because this cruise tends to have more guys who like to party with candy when i say candy that's gay code for different type of drugs pills you name it fentanyl whatever ketamine G, all the things that happen. So there is a um a code that the ship captain that will would ring loud for a medical emergency and it's called Alpha Alpha Alpha. And so the first night, first day while we're there on the ship, still I think we're still in Miami, possibly. Um that page came across and you can hear in the entire you hear it in your room because you hear in the entire ship you hear alpha 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 then they'll uh, they'll tell what what destination they need to go to so alpha 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 room blah 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 whatever whatever so <coughs> excuse me so when i heard this i was like what the fuck does that mean because i've been on two other cruises and i've never heard this alpha 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 before yeah so I go to my phone, I Google, and it says medical emergency. Like kind of, I'm not going to say equivalent to cold blue, but that's kind of what it kind of gave. And from, from day one until day seven, we heard it 15 times. And listen, I don't knock anyone's kink. I don't knock anyone's party method. I have my party methods of things, the, the vices that I like to do. All I'm going to say is if you need to have a test strip to make sure there's no fentanyl on your drugs you're about to take or there's a 50-50 chance if you take this drug, you may live or you may die, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I don't knock it if you do it, but just be aware of that. And it's really sad because, again, two people um, were um, found, this did pass away on the, on the cruise. And it wasn't announced um through the cruise line while we were there, obviously they're not going to do that. And but of course we have a Telegram group, and there was like four thousand guys in the, in the Telegram group. So, of course, conversations and things are going on, and we're communicating in there. And you know, speculation and and the guys were just were really encouraging each other. Like, listen, like guys, if you're going to party with candy. Like, just I have test strips. Like, go to go find test strips. I have it on my door or whatever. People were just really kind of coming in the community and saying like be safe with your partying or if you're gonna 
do poppers, don't do Viagra or Cialis or whatever the combination may be that's causing people to have them to get medical emergency. Now, we'll say for the cruise line, they do have, um, they call them the care, not a care clinic, but they care people, if you will. But it's, it's, a, it's a special design team. It's about 25 members and they all wear like blue shirts. Like they're, they wear an apparel that you definitely know that they're part of the care team. Yeah. And when the party's going on, they, they stand, they stand in the wayside <laughs> Not to be like in the moment of the party, but just enough like, okay, if something happened, they can run. So when the alpha, alpha, alpha happens, they obviously go run to that situation. Or if they see someone, you know, walking the deck or in the lobby or on one of the 17 floors somewhere and someone looks like they may need some help or, you know, or or is out of it, they will, you know, provide the medical attention. So that's a... I mean, it's a lot, but so you definitely need to have that shit, especially with 5,200 gay men, which was the largest gay cruise in the entire world. So it's history. So we made history. There you go. Being on that cruise line. Um, and considering but, what you said, only happens. two people passed away. Those are kind of good odds, if you ask me. <laughs> well, a bunch of gays with drugs. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Let's be honest. Yeah, let's know, be honest. It should, it should be none. That happened, but yes, you know, um, but it, it, it's it's unfortunate. But again, people are going to do what they want to do and have devices and everything. And so, you know, it's an unfortunate situation. Um, of course, now the aftermath, then the advocate um, had an article about the cruise. And so these now okay. other gay publishers are talking about the cruise, are talking to people, are, are and quoting some sources. And some stuff is incorrect. Like, because again, we were there. And so, and and again, in the conversation group chat we have, like, some things they're saying, like, that's not accurate. Like, so it's interesting reading these articles and seeing how they're reporting things that happened, which I know didn't happen, you know? Okay. So, but all in all, trip was amazing. Yay. I had a great time. They won't see me till next year. Like they have gotten enough money for me <laughs> for the last year and a half, three trips. So I'm good with the landis. Thank you very much. But I'll see y'all niggas next year. Um, and yeah, that was it. Uh, you know, of course, with that type of circuit party, they are people are ten bound to come back with something and not what you think. Um, influenza fucking weren't around. Like yeah. motherfuckers was like the last I didn't do the last party, which was the the I did the white party, but not the last party it was just and it's like a five hour party or whatever. But I was in my room because I was like, I don't feel good. Like <laughs> something's kinda going on. And being in the airport and traveling back home and then all night quill and shit. Yeah. Um some little bug happened, but you know, I'm on the other end, other side of it right now. So if you guys do hear me um, do a deep cough or something, that's just phlegm trying to come up out of my body because I'm recovering. So not the souvenir I was looking forward to, but you know what? <laughs> I'm glad you're back and in safe spirits, and you didn't alpha out. I so no, look at God. No, that didn't <laughs> look at happen, God. No, and yeah, because we haven't slept in the same room until like last night yeah. since I've been home. Because I was like, let me not get anything with you, so I'll be in the front room, and you stay in the bedroom. So yeah, but birthday was amazing. I, I will say that that was the first time ever in my life I've been by myself on my birthday. Like. 
ever. Okay, yeah, um, the actual birth date. Actual birth date. Like, yeah. And it was an experience. And it was, and I, not that I even got sad or anything. It was just, it was, I had a joyous, really experience. Like, it was really good. a happy situation. Do I need to do it again? No, I'm good. Like, I, <laughs> I had that moment. Mm-hmm. I think you, you never, you, went on a birthday trip by yourself but I don't know if you that was in March yeah (laughs) so no (laughs) okay that was when actually had you ever been by yourself on your actual birthday no never I am looking forward to it it's not gonna be this year probably next but yeah um I I, I'm curious to see how that feels yeah it's a fun because I did get emotional at one point because one of my cousins posted something to my IG, and I was just like, instead of just emotions start coming, and I'm sitting in, in uh, Senior Frogs in Puerto Rico, and I'm like, okay, nigga, pull this shit together. You can't start fucking crying, bawling on your third <laughs> to uh, Margarita. Funny. Watching these posts and everything. So, but no, it was a good, good experience. I had an amazing time. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, welcome back. Thank you, husband. And so now let's get to the shit because it's a lot of shit. It's a lot of shit that's going on, and it's, it's the first story is with another fellow Aquarian. Her birthday's coming up in February this month, um, and she, you know what, says you know what? She's like, I'm tired of these motherfuckers talking all this shit, and she put out her fucking record called his. and the world went fucking crazy. But one particular bitch went crazy, like. And Phylum crazy because she just went on a fucking rant. But and I would say this: a hit dog would holler. And we're talking about Megan Thee Stallion putting out her record hiss, and all she said was Megan's Law. Yeah, don't be mad at Megan. Y'all need to be mad at Megan's Law. Be mad at Megan's Law. And niggas who talk about BBLs about the same scars. And people are in their feelings. But particularly up in arms, yeah. Nicki Minaj is pissed off. And so what do you think about what do you think about Megan's his record? I thought it was fabulous. I got excited when I heard it, and it's been a long time since I've listened to a rap a rap record and got excited. Okay, and I was thrilled once Nikki bit the hook because we all know Nikki is a troll. Yes, and she you scours the internet looking for beef. And she hates, you know, up and coming female rappers because she feels that they need to kiss her ring for whatever reason. Uh, because the Nikki versus um, her last beef that she was in uh, with Cardi B, I felt like it was a little unbalanced. Not taking anything away from Cardi B, I think that she's, you know, great with wordplay. She's fun. She has one-liners. But I think that this back and forth between Nikki and Megan is more equally yoked for me um, because they both have had bars that I find exciting. They're both assassins with a pen. And I was very curious and excited to see where this is going to go. But then it got weird. <laughs> then it quickly got weird because Nikki started beefing with herself. She spent so? 72 hours going on <laughs> rants on Instagram Live, on TikTok. Yes. She started doing weird things, making weird claims and allegations against Megan. 
to which Megan has never and still not has responded. There has not been an audio soundbite outside of the his record, right? From Megan reporting on anything, she didn't even mention names in the record at all, and she hasn't confirmed nor denied any names that people are associating with her bars. Because and a lot of not because she has a whole rollout she has to do. She, I'm not about to. I said what I said. Again, a hit dog with Holly. If it if it was if you felt it was about you, <laughs> then clearly you're bothering. You responded to it. Yes. So a lot of people are saying, you know, of course that line about Megan's Law was directed towards Nikki because her husband is a registered sex offender. Megan's Law is. Her husband us. can't take their child to the, the park to push her on the swing. Yes, yeah, so Megan Law, Megan's Law <laughs> That's applies to Nikki's husband. And a lot of people are saying one of her lines was directed towards Drake, etc. But no, none of this has been confirmed nor denied by Megan, and I hope that it never does. And I hope that she doesn't come back with a retort diss track simply because Nikki has taken it too far. Oh, she. so Nick, I've never been a Nicki Minaj fan ever in life. I can appreciate the song, certain songs she had that was a bop. Okay, here and there, boom, boom, cool. You know, someone's you know, album as a feature, I can do that. But to say I listened to her entire album of hers, never done it in my life. Mm-hmm. I've always thought she was vile. I always thought that she um, never, she for some reason, she thinks she's the only bitch that can never fucking rap or something. That and that the one that came before her, and she's the greatest at what she's done. When you're great at the market of what it is, where rap is now, yeah. And when you came into it, you did what you needed to do, and you solidified yourself. So I'm not going to take that away from you. But there are way more better female rappers than you who came before you, and some after you. So the fact that it is, there was a market and you basically steamrolled that and there was no one else that was kind of doing what you were doing. So again, I give you props on that part. But beyond that, I don't like you to respect you and you're not the greatest female rapper of all time, in my opinion. There's way more rappers prior who preceded you who are the best female rappers of the game. But Nicki Minaj is just... She's just toxic. She's she's disgusting. When you talk about someone's deceased mother, and then you make allegations that tend to go further to then double down and say, then after your deceased mother passed, you tried to fuck her husband or boyfriend. Like you're fucking disgusting. And there's no proof of that. And then you then you try to talk about an incident that happened that was traumatic for someone. Talking about her being shot, which we all know is it's a medical fact. There is doc, there is evidence behind it. <laughs> there are medical records that have been proven that this lady was shot in her foot. And then you're gonna call her Bigfoot. And then, now I'm all for fair game. I'm all for I'm all for uh, fun shade, mean shade, going low. But when you go to the depths of hell, you can stay there. Cause again, mechanisms need to prove shit to you. And you just, you're so insecure as a woman, as an artist, that you feel like you need to take these type of cheap ass shots at this young lady. And 
I don't respect you. I never really again wasn't a big fan of yours any goddamn way. So, but doing this, and you're now like Onika, you're almost forty. Or if you're not forty, you're if you ain't forty yet, you almost close to like at something that changed your life. Like first of all, again, your decision making choices aren't the greatest because again, you you're the father. Your child cannot take your child to a playground. Like when you have when you have to, when you move. To a different residence, he has to inform someone that he is moving somewhere. Like, let's be clear. So your decision making choices aren't the fucking greatest. So that's all I got to say. Meg one hands down. Like, I, what I think needs to happen. I want them to go for a bar to bar fucking. If you want to say you the baddest bitch in rap right now, whatever. Well, let's do some juice type shit. Where they have to miss challenge. Let's have a rap fucking battle. You know what I'm saying? Have this shit on pay-per-view and go bar for bar. And Megan will rip your ass to fucking shreds. Like, like you want to put it on? Let's put it on wax. But you a scary ass bitch and you ain't going to do shit. So fuck Nicki Minaj. Okay. And all the fucking barbs out there. Because I said it with my chest. Okay. All right. Like Ariana Grande. Yes. And. All right. <laughs> all right remember your blood pressure um but again i was hoping that it would be just a track for track beef a la Nas and jay-z back in the day again until nikki made it weird as she typically does but one thing that i read on twitter that really made a lot of sense nikki is so up in arms and so vocally upset about you know this bar from megan because she thinks that she holds more relevancy and she can intimidate megan because someone brought up the point why wasn't nikki going this hard on remy ma because remy ma because remy ma shoots like remy ma (laughs) don't want to rap she like she don't want to fight she want to beat bitches up yes like Remy's about that motherfucking life. And Nikki knows that. And she knows that Megan is more, you know, H-Town hottie, cute girl, trying to keep her face right. You know, like she's not trying to shank a bitch in the parking lot. So I think, and and plus Megan came up after Nikki. They've collaborated before. She liked her. She was like a fan of hers. So I think that Nikki, again, expects this this loyalty this cult following from all these rap girlies and it is not gonna happen because it shouldn't happen it she didn't do that she didn't do it towards kim who came before her and pioneered everything that the girls are doing now right she disrespected her so i think that she's just reaping what she sowed and she's going out bad embarrassingly and this is unfortunately going to affect her legacy because say what you want the girl's got charisma the girl's got wordplay and like you said she did what she needed to do when she first came out to solidify herself in the rap game and instead of you know embracing the young women that came after her the way men do all the time she really feels that she's this gatekeeper of you know the renaissance of female rap and she's not and it's unfortunate like i i I said before everyone's fan base has grown with them because i remember my younger brother when he was in middle school had a poster of Nicki minaj on his wall he is 
in his 30s now. So, but Nikki is still speaking and giving dog whistles to fans that are still in middle school. Like, she's still trying to cater to this TikTok generation instead right. of just like, girl, you're old now. You're older now. So, act your age. You're someone's mother. You're someone's mother. Why are you beefing with a young woman just trying to do what you did successfully? Because she doesn't want anyone else to, to, to take that lane or take that position. And when you have people like that, that's dangerous. And you're just like, you know what? I'll need to be around you. Yeah. Because, that again, that's their insecurity showing out. And you can't allow another person to be great or greater than you or even acknowledge that but like you know what you have a damn that you have a good ass talent like i i can't even hate on that but because you can't say that because you feel like you're the queen of blah 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 like bitch that's that's it's the silicone that's it's the silicone and the body shots don't that's why you don't do bbls it's the that's what it is it's to your brain and all the drugs that she do allegedly oh yeah homegirl loves the perks allegedly so but yeah, no, I, I, and people have, and the people have been talking. It, it's been going all around the social media. But Megan has, Megan's been on SNL. Megan's been doing her motherfucking. Megan is, I, she's doing what Aquarius does. I said what I said, and I'm done with it. Yeah. Like once, once we said what we said, we're done with it, and that's it. We move the fuck on. And Megan's like, I ain't bothered. And she said to Charlemagne and DJ Envy on Reference Club once it was released, and Nikki said. What the fuck she said, man? It was like a hit dog's gonna holler. Mm-hmm. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. And leave it at that. And that's it. That's, you know what I'm saying? So um, congratulations, Meg, on the successful release of a song. Yeah, um, it's in contention for debuting in the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100. She is fighting right now against the white rapper. I forget his name. Um, Jack Hollow? Yes. Okay. So they're buying for the number one spot. He's okay. been number one for a few weeks. So she's definitely either going to be number one or number two okay, uh, nice. on next week's Hot 100 Billboard. And I know Nikki is plucked about it. She is. And then also, um, hotties, gays, and the girls. Man's coming out this year in the summertime. We're going to fucking be there for the concert. Yes. Uh, so she has so much shit going on. You don't pay attention to the peasants. Like you rise above the shit. You know what I'm saying? So this is one incident where it's like, you know what? Do your motherfucking big. Do your big one. Like mm-hmm. this is, and this is Aquarius season. Do your motherfucking big one, man. We are with you. All the hotties got your back. Ow. Do more, say less. There Let's you go. go. So speaking of someone doing more, and he should definitely fucking say less. Kanye West was seen. On Hollywood Boulevard, I would say blackface, but it wasn't blackface because he has a black face, but he had a black mask on, which I don't even get this shit. You can't even see anything. But he's walking, and there's a woman reporter. I've used the word reporter loosely. Um, she has a cell phone, and she's asking questions about, I guess, his now wife. Uh, I believe her name is Bianca or something or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she asks, basically, does Bianca have free will, to which he then turned to his left and grabbed her phone from her hand. And he, I mean, snatched the phone like your mama would snatch some shit from your hand. Yeah. You know, it's like, give me that fucking report card, some shit like that. <laughs> With that type of energy. And there's different videos in this shoot that have been shot different ways that you see the way he reacts to her. And he held her phone for about three minutes. 
and he then starts to berate her and then to the point where he's telling her that he would whoever she works for he could pay her double or triple or whatever my first thought was this is fucking go and I'm suing the fuck out of you and thank you for this payday did you did you have any thoughts when you saw the video did you think about why did he react this type of way or like what was your thoughts about it if you have any I don't have any, and I will never have any uh, thoughts about Kanye. <laughs> Period. Full stop. Full stop. Like, it's just, it's, I guess my thing is, what gives you the fucking right to take someone's property out their fucking hand? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Because she could have hauled off and hit his ass, but he did it to a woman, and she had to be Caucasian. He didn't do it to a guy, so that tells you something also, but I, it, he just is another person in this world that needs some assistance and help. And it's sad because the amount of money that they have around them, they can't get the proper treatment because people are guessing and people are looking to get paid. Yeah. So just wanted to share that topic situation with Kanye. Guys, let us know what you think about Kanye or the situation with Megan and, and Nikki, whose side are you on? On one of these topics, go to our IG page, and oh, that's my gay friend. And um, tell us in the comments, how do you feel about the his song? Did you think making his song was a great drop first album, first release of 2024 song? Um, are you guys on Team Nicki Minaj with the diss track that she sent out to Megan? Or do you feel like Kanye was justified in taking the phone of a reporter asking him a question about his wife? Like, I, I will say the other day I was at the grocery store and in the parking lot, someone as they were leaving was bumping the Nicki Minaj diss track called Bigfoot. And I just thought to myself, wow, what a fucking loser. <laughs> I was like, loser behavior. Yeah. So you guys know what side I'm on, basically. But yes, continue. <laughs> so yeah, so um, we're going to move forward with another topic. So this is a gay podcast. And I came across this video while I was on vacation. And there's a young man, and he talks about the Peter Pan syndrome. And what he equates that to is for gay men, he says that he feels that for a large part of his life that he was waiting for someone to rescue him, you know, um, in the gay world for whatever trauma he's me ha he may has went through. And so he realized at a certain point in his gay life, he's in his 20s. That there's not going to be a rescue that's going to come to fix your problems. And so that you really have to internalize and fix it yourself. So I want to ask a question to you, husband. Did you ever, have you ever experienced the Peter, Man, Peter Pan syndrome or ever considered it or thought that you maybe have went through it or are currently going through it in life or what? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I know that I have triggers and I know that there have been instances where i expected things of other people you included in the beginning of a relationship that i realized i it's up to me to provide that for myself um i so i get i mean i guess to a certain extent i can i can resonate and see where he's coming from because you especially as a black gay man there's so many there's so many traumas on top of traumas. And I know a major one for me is uh, the mother drama. Right. <laughs> um, 
And I know that a lot of the things that I used to do was looking towards people inadvertently, not even realizing it, but gravitating towards people that gave me that familiar feeling of, and not in a good way, but that familiar feeling of, you know, everything that I essentially didn't like between my relationship with my mother. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the things, like the the controllingness, the, you know, that being mainly it. So, surrounding myself with people that were equally as controlling or overstepping boundaries or just not believing in boundaries whatsoever. So, yeah, I, I, I but interestingly enough, I don't think that's just exclusive to being a gay thing. Well, I see where he was coming from with it, and I, I can understand this, because I've, I've, I've identified with it in some way, because you, I think the basis of human life, everyone wants to be seen and wants to feel about a daddy, right, yeah, when you yeah, have yeah. something. And so when you, let's say, a part of not having anything in life, like, for instance, myself, not having my father around, is a situation where, you know, your inner child isn't healed. And so you're you're looking for something. So, you know, and a thing was I, I had at one point tended to date older men. I was seeking seeking something. It wasn't seeking a father, but it was seeking a want to a desire from an older to be desired from someone. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so but once you get to a point you realize, okay, um either that is gonna Either you're going to continue to try to chase that and you're never going to get or realize I need to see what what the real problem is. Yeah. And then let me start to address it and then start to heal from that way. Right. Yeah. So um, I definitely understood where he, he was coming from with this topic. Like people mass in different ways and they do different things to try to overcome it. But the way he was saying it, you know, he found... The inner strength to do it himself, and he found it through working out and realizing that he just he needed to be his own person to fix him. Um, basically, uh, what it sounded like. So, I definitely get that. Been there, done that. Um, again, a part of my healing trans the transcend the transition and transition of of the my feeling of the the cruise. I released a lot of that stuff too. You know what I mean? So it's like. It's a real thing. It can definitely happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that you said, you know, but you've had, you've had it towards, you know, uh, mom and yeah. everything. So, um, we all have we all have something that makes us who we are mm-hmm. and and shapes our opinions and our mindsets and how we react to people and different things. So, um, but this and it t- it always tends to be something with early childhood. It it always goes back to it always childhood. does. That's that's the basis of, of psychology one on one. So I was childish shit. And once you, the earlier you, the earlier you figure you figure out your childhood traumas, the, the better in life you will be. Absolutely the the better your relationships with me. And I'm not just talking romantic. I mean friendships. Mm-hmm. The anyone in your life, the relationships will be stronger because. You'll be showing up as your authentic self, right. not as your younger self 
trapped inside of a grown person's body, which is the worst combination you can have, is when you have an adult that is so impulsive, so, you know, by the seat of their pants and quick to react and slow to actually think things through that you start pushing people away. So, But sometimes they don't know it. And sometimes yeah. they, and I've been that person before, you don't know it or you don't want to face it. And so then again, you start to overindulge your things. You be hypersexual. I was that before. You could be, you know, getting involved in substances or, or substance abuse. I mean, I've been there before. So it's like, you know, it, it, it can happen. It's just taking the time to really sit with yourself and really in the silent moments and all the distractions that you don't want to hear and face, you have to face it. And if you don't face it, sooner than later, it's going to attack you and eat you up. And it's, Yeah, it it's, will face it, you. It will face you. <laughs> if you don't yeah. face it, it will face you. Yes. And just a word of wisdom from a young, soon-to-be-old gay. <laughs> if you have different friend groups or different people in your life that don't necessarily know each other and they're either suggesting or saying the same thing about you then maybe you should take some time to reflect on that and take stock because it's not always someone else yeah it's not always just you know taylor swift said it best it's me hi i'm the problem it's me sometimes you are the problem in your life (laughs) and it, it 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 really takes things to blow up and to be like, well, maybe it is fucking me. You know what I'm saying? So it happens. So yeah, it happens. Touche in what you said. So moving pivoting from that to another topic, um, but this is our one of our favorite segments. You know, have you ever wondered why? But this particular one we've done it before but it's a little twist on this one because it's it's a heterosexual normative i think that we want to talk about i wish we had a heterosexual person here that can actually give some of opinions but this is why we have an interactive podcast you guys can email us at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com or our ig page comment on this particular topic so the topic i'm talking about is have you ever wondered why going to a restaurant is always difficulty splitting the check when it's a group of people for someone's birthday? But this particular incident I'm going to talk about, there's a video that's going across uh, either IG and TikTok. And it's about, I want to say it's about five to six, seven black women and one black man. And he is there with his wife. And it's someone's birthday. And so... The gentleman tells the waitress that he is paying for his wife and the birthday girl. And the other four women at the table are looking at him like, you're not paying for us? And he's like, no, I'm paying for my wife and the birthday girl. He was like, I didn't invite you here. (laughs) Like, he was invited. The bill was $700. And so the woman's argument is the other woman at the table were like, well, you're the only man here, so why wouldn't you pay for the bill? And even the birthday girl's like, you can't, like Charles, I'm going to say Charles, Charles, your lunch is ready. Huh. Um, you can't pay for the bill. So then his wife had to step in and say, um, nah, like once I get y'all husband, then he'll pay for y'all shit. But my husband paying for me and her, and that's it. Yeah. 
And the chicks are really like um, up in arms and like, well, um, I'm not paying for nothing. He said, well, y'all going to jail, watch dishes, but I'm paying for these two and that's it. Mm. What did you think about this shit? Did you well, tell me your thoughts on this situation? I have a lot of thoughts or questions, rather. Like, okay, if it's an all-girl dinner, why he there? One, <laughs> but that you is know, a good question. But but you know, hey, um, we have I have a bunch of female friends. You have a bunch of female friends, right? So this absolutely, you know, it, it, it happens. Um, but. I do think that it is egregious for the women to just assume because he is a man that he should cover the entire bill. Now, what they were saying, they actually said how much the bill was, which was $700. So said, yeah, it was $700. Even if it was $100, I think it's crazy for them to assume anyone, like the entitlement, that anyone is supposed to cover the bill. In black culture, I will say black because I've known it to be synonymous with black people. Okay. When we go to birthdays, regardless of the sex, mixed sex, same sex, whatever, you typically always, if you split the bill, you just make sure that the birth, the person who's the birthday don't, yes. doesn't pay. Right. So usually, you know, if it's a group of five, split it four ways. Right. And in our group, we've done it several times. Shit, there's been instances where the birthday person tries to fight us to pay the bill. <laughs> right. So in this case, I just think it's trash box behavior to just assume that one person is going to cover the whole bill regardless of what their sex is. And the fact that it is a man, it's like, okay, y'all fucking him? Is, is it a harem? <laughs> Like I'm confused because what justifies other than him, other than him having a penis, what justifies him having to cover the bill for four extra bitches that he does not sleep with? So somewhere. or related to again heterosexual normative. I don't know. I don't live in a heterosexual world, but I do have a lot of female friends, and, and I've been told this by some of them of. of yes, if it's a man at the table, yes, he, he was a man. He's supposed to be paying. I'm like, well, he. I don't know if that's the part of courting. I don't know if that's some old school shit of getting trying to get the pussy or to show that he got. I I don't know. You know. Again, I I can say for me growing up, yeah, I was raised with with heterosexual men. So it was if my younger cousins or female cousins, if I was, they all had to pay for nothing. Like you just you 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 were instilled to do that. Now they would fight and still pay for their own shit, but. If I have my younger female cousins with me, even older female cousins, like I'm trying, I'm paying for your shit, like yeah. But they were like, no, we're not doing that. Like, calm down. There's been times where we've gone out for your birthday, whatever. I'll pay for whoever. You know, what I'm saying? I don't have a problem with that. But my thing for you to expect me to pay yes. that just because I'm the only nigga that's here, like, yes. no, nah, bro, like, no, nah, we're not doing that shit. Like, what the fuck? Um, you know, again, he didn't seem like now if you. I don't have the personality. I'm big money loan. I need to do and flash and flex money like that. I don't have that type of personality, so I don't need to do that. There are some guys who need to do that, mm. which is fine. But I'm just very curious. I would love to know from a female perspective, especially the heterosexual people out there, because I don't feel like I don't feel like we have this in gay culture. I don't feel no, like we, we don't no, have this in, in gay shit. No, at least with gay men, we don't. We've never experienced this before. So I'm curious to know in a heterosexual world why 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 would one 
expect for them if if there was one man there to pay for the bill. I think, and I I'd go even further and think that's even weirder. It's like if I'm out with a group of friends and my friend happens to bring a spouse, I'm not going to assume he is gonna pay my check. And if I was the spouse, I'm like, bitch, you crazy? Like my man ain't paying for you. Like he's paying for me. Like what are like? What? And, the, and the fact that the wife was like, he'll pay for you. Birthday and he, girl. Yeah, for you, but he ain't paying for everybody else. Like that, I just, I'm trying to see, is that something that you're you taught? Like, I, I miss that. I, I don't know. It, to <laughs> I miss that class. I'm, I'm speechless because I'm yeah, like, it, the, so it's, it's entitlement. I don't, I don't want to say entitlement because I don't want, and I don't want to shit on these ladies if, if that was... Um, something that was instilled with them, with their mothers or their grandmothers taught them, okay, when a man take you out, or there's a, if you're the only, if there's a man, one man, he needs to pay. Like, I don't know who taught them that or where that came from. And again, I don't know, if, and I think I'm thinking because, okay, well, you're trying to show you the man or um, to get the coochie, but my thing is, well, if he pays, he better get all the coochie from all of them. Like, I, I mean, like, what? Because. <laughs> That would be my rhyme reason. Like, well, if I'm paying for, like, if I'm paying for all y'all, then what we doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole, honestly, the whole scenario is confusing to me, and it's making me think, are they just capping to go viral? Because no, none of it just no, makes there, sense. No, no, there are people out there who, like, listen, like, if it's, if it's a man at the table, and for if he's a one man, is a full lady. He needs to pay. I don't. It's again old school mindset. I have no idea. Again, I have no problem paying for friends, paying for group. I, I've done it several times, so it's not a problem. But it's my choice if I want to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But the way they took a camera out and were like, "Hey, let's film this," and then. Get some opinions. People were going in on the comments. So, friends out there, you let us know your thoughts about this. Is it reasonable if one man is at the table with a full of ladies and his wife is there? Let's, let's make sure his and his wife and the child was there. The child that they shared together. That's right. The baby was <laughs> present. Is it, is it the man's sole responsibility being the man that's present there for these other ladies who may or may not have spouses? Because we don't know. Is it his responsibility to pay for the entire table or pay for his wife and the birthday girl? Let us know on the IG page, oh, that's my gay friend, or email us at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. And while you guys do that, we will take a break and come back with the reality roundup. Be right back. Hey friends, we're back with the Reality Roundup, and we're going to start things off with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Let's go. The ladies are taking a trip overseas to Spain. Yes. Barcelona. Barcelona. Listen, have you ever wanted to go to Spain before? Not until this episode, honestly. These past two episodes. It looks beautiful. It looks amazing. It's, yeah, very nice. So, we see that Sutton has a friend, Mercy, who is a world-renowned... He was a trained dancer, um, ballet dancer and everything. Um, modern jazz, I want to say. And he 
has this he's deceased now and he actually um she has his ashes and so she wants to take him over to to spain with her and so she does this as the girls are on a sprinter bus now in spain and they play the game sudden mates about herself that's all about her that's which is a very cute game called all of a sudden what do you think about the game cute very cute right <laughs> So, we move on to basically the girls are having a dinner party later on that night. And this is where we have the topics happens and conversations happen with Crystal and Anne-Marie. So, what goes on with the two of the ladies? Beef. Basically, it stems from a few episodes prior where shit really hit the fan with Anne-Marie and Esophagus Gate. Right. And everybody was basically tired of her talking about it. And in that episode, Crystal called her a bitch. She said, you're being such a bitch. And Crystal brought up the fact that she was uh, basically lying when they met off camera at a holiday party about what it is that she actually does. Anne-Marie, if she's a nurse anesthetist, anesthetist or an anesthesiologist so she originally told crystal that she was an anesthesiologist which is technically a doctor uh when come to find out she's actually a nurse and a uh anesthetist yes anesthetist and really quick the board the anesthesiologist board actually threw shade at Anne Marie. Shut up, really? Yes. And posted on Instagram saying, The real housewives know a fake. Anesthesiologists are medical doctors with more than 12 years of higher education and up to 16,000 hours of clinical training. Title misappropriation has no place in healthcare and provided an image that gave you bullet points as to what an anesthesiologist is okay and what a nurse anesthetist is so that was shade towards Henry <laughs> who posted this the uh, anesthesiologist headquarters at American Society of Anesthesiologists. <laughs> Not them looking at the housewives. I mean, everyone looks at the housewives. <laughs> and getting involved in it. And getting involved in it. So, this was the beef that carried over to Spain. And on the first night that the ladies were there, they had a sit-down dinner where all of this came up again. So, not only did it come back up, but it was some elaborations made. It was, because and Anne-Marie basically is like, you know what, basically, I'm going to take this moment to just say what it is. And, Crystal, I met you uh, too much prior to me being on the cast. And you basically said these ladies are dumb, that they're less than smart, they're not educated, and that these, that Crystal was a socialite. Yeah, Crystal claimed she was a socialite, and all the other ladies were fake socialites. Yes. And so when the group hear this, they're, they're gagged. Erica is gagged. Uh, Garcelle is taken back. And Dorit is like, I believe everything she fucking said. <laughs> that she said. Pretty much. Which I believe everything Anne-Marie said is because where would she pull that from? But all, it, that is very true. Where would she pull it from? But it has also been documented that Anne-Marie lies. But also Crystal <laughs> lies also. And we also, Crystal, because and they and I love the producers, they went back to 2020 when Crystal basically says, like, these women are less than smart. Mm-hmm. You know, so she has this sense of air about her and about her because she also, you know, uses the source words and 
you know, she talks to the ladies as if they would not know what these words mean. So when they cut to the OTFs and, and Doris like, I believe, yes, she says some shit. And Eric is like, I do too. So it's not far-fetched that what was said could have been said. and But Crystal tries to pivot and like, why would I say that about you guys? And, you know, tries to basically cover up what happened. Now, I do believe that there is some truth in what Anne-Marie is saying. Do I believe that Anne-Marie is putting a little two on the ten? Absolutely. I don't think that she's saying verbatim everything that Crystal said because I think Anne-Marie is in this place with the show where she, I think she saw in real time that the esophagus storyline wasn't hitting because it wasn't hitting with the girls. Everyone was over it. Every time she brought it up, all the girls are like, why do you, Garcelle even answered, she's like, why do you care so much? So she needed to, she needed a look over there moment. So that's where she decided to come up with this because during the Kyle's party uh, for her friend who, you know, is no longer with us, Crystal kind of bucked up and called her a bitch. Amory well, was, no, she, she didn't, didn't not buck, she called her a bitch. No, I said she bucked up and oh, called okay. her a bitch. She got the confidence yeah. is essentially what I'm saying and called her a bitch. Anne-Marie Anne-Marie sat back probably on the flight on the way to Spain and said okay I'm gonna how am I gonna twist how am I going to make this serve me and get out of this rut this esophagus rut (laughs) that I'm in well and prior to the prior to them taking off to Spain she did apologize to set and was like listen it's not my business you know know, again she's she read the tea leaves and saw that that storyline wasn't it right but also I think I think what Anne-Marie has She's done a successful job of doing is integrating herself into this group and justifying why she's holding a diamond in the promo. Like, I can't give her that. Like, I have to give her credit. The fact that she's infiltrated the group is is done seamlessly. It's not like, well, why is she here? Like, I see, I don't agree. I I I I still feel like, why is she here? I don't I don't believe that she's bringing anything that we needed. I don't feel like she's. Feeling a missing puzzle piece. I just think that she's an additional puzzle piece on the side. You're like, okay, where this gonna fit? Okay, well, I don't want to throw it away, so I guess it'll just sit here on the side. I don't think that she's. <laughs> I don't think that she's. You know, adding anything that we were missing. And I think without her, yeah, we wouldn't have this her versus Crystal storyline. But to be completely clear, I don't necessarily need it because Crystal's not gonna give us what we need. And she and Anne-Marie, to me, is just falling flat. Well, listen, she's she's giving Crystal some resuscitation because Crystal hasn't smoked this fucking much ever in the series. So at least we have that. kind. And, and Anne-Marie says that, like, that you can thank me for making you relevant right now. Because let's look at the facts of other friends of, and I, I'll say black women of, of Housewives, um, Garcelle tried to bring Cherie on, which is Will Smith's first baby mama. Yeah, but her first wife. Love her. Love uh-huh. her to death. That's what girl, but she wasn't bringing the action, mm-hmm. as I thought she would probably do. And recently bringing something. It's like, okay, like I'm, I'm entertained by her. I'm with but, her. In the thing, but my thing is, I think Anne-Marie would be a fabulous friend of. An actual diamond-holding housewife. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I think that's what I'm no. saying. That's why I feel like she had to... That's why she's taking these moments to say, okay, well, let me let me get the full mess. Like, what y'all don't know is I met Crystal prior to me being booked for this show. 
And this is the tea she gave me. And I think she told the producers that. And that's why she is the position she is now. And to hold, to be new and hold a, hold a diamond. Like, so. I still don't see her for her. But I'm glad <laughs> that she has a fan in you. Listen. Well, we, we soon come to find out later that. Baby, the Bible says. The, the, the Lord will make your enemy your footstool. And that's what happened. Because later on. Later, and so we're talking two episodes. So you guys know we're going for two weeks. So these shows we want to talk about, we're, we're talking about two episodes. Um, so just be aware of that. So the week prior and then last week. Okay? Yeah, I mean, you, if you guys haven't seen these episodes, stop the podcast, go watch it because we're not doing things per scene in order. We yeah, don't have the time we're for just, it. Yeah, we're just talking about the whole synopsis of everything. But. The ladies are still in Spain, and so after this dinner party, they go shopping, and Crystal has a, I don't want to say a panic attack, she has a hypertension type of episode where her blood pressure was like 170, a high-ass number, and so because now the fake anesthesiologist is there, and they're like, they're in the same car, car together, they're like, no, pull over now, she needs medical attention, and Crystal was so scared, um, as she sh- as one would be, right? Because you don't know what's going on because her, her veins were popping out. They were very visible. And basically, Amory was right, right there to the point where she wanted to go with Crystal to the ER. Yeah. But production said, no, we have a producer going with her, Gavin. And but you can tell, and Eric even mentioned it. Uh, Emery was like, "Yo, like that." It's like you, I can tell you want to be there. She was like, "Of course, like this is my profession. Like, I don't play with my profession, you know." And and to say the things that I said that I do, and to the point where after Crystal was Crystal was fine. She went. She got medical treatment. The girls had a good time on the city. They came back. They saw Crystal in the hotel at the uh, Airbnb, and basically. Crystal was thanking Emory. Like they legitimately had a, a embrace and you can tell it was genuine. Like yeah. I could put all my bullshit to the fucking side. Like you were there for me when I needed you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was a beautiful thing. So Yeah, I, I think it was a I think it was a great moment. And on her OTF, Crystal said how thankful she was that Anne Marie was there. For me, this can be the end of it. Like I don't need any more rehashing of Crystal versus Anne Marie because okay. I think at that point it would just be it'll be some bullshit. Yeah, it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. Contrived, contrived, and theatrical. Yeah. So it's like because if you really got beef with that bitch, even with her veins bulging, I would not. Mm. But it's like clearly you don't. Yeah. You're hugging her in the bed. She's crying on your shoulder. You guys are good. So let's not try and make a moment where there clearly isn't one. Yeah. But yeah, so you know that that happens to clear up everything, and then later on, Sutton invites over some um, her friends, the erudites, honey, the erudites that come over. You know, the, so if people don't know what the erudites mean. These are people who are highly educated and, and yeah, basically they, knowledgeable about different things of of the world. Smart folk, smart, smart folks. folk, and so. Um, they come over, and one of the gentlemen has known Sutton since her early 20s, so prior to Sutton having money. Yeah. So this is very interesting to hear his take on how who she was, but he always, you know, referred to her as a lady, and he also knew the dancer Mercer, and so they were, they had a, you know, a cute situation. Also, we need to give a shout-out to the, um, the resident cook, chef, 
uh, Storm. Storm and his daddy. Because <laughs> all the Stormy, da- yeah, Stormy had the girls wet. Yeah, got their coochie sweating because Erica and Garcelle wanted yeah. to jump his bone. And this is the moment I love them together. I'm like, Erica and Garcelle need their own fucking spinoff because they can have such a good fucking kiki together because they are both single, both in their prime, sexual fucking primes, and they just have a good time and they let all the bullshit go. Yeah, they're more so, I think, equally yoked than Garcelle and Sutton. And I really wish going into next season, they embrace that a bit more because the scenes that they're in when they're laughing and having fun, it's so refreshing to see right. them really just kicking over the same thing. They're really like-minded, I've they seen really this season, more so than any other uh, seasons in the past. Yeah, and so, you know, they they have a situation of, of trying... Stormy's father actually comes in, so they having a dinner party and he's they're making a paella mm-hmm. and come to find out the other chef that's there is stormy's father and so garcelle's like oh fuck the fuck this i want the daddy <laughs> this is a very cute moment that was going on but the dinner party happened is great and erica has been drinking all day so this is the best erica that we love to see her be her best self because the girls know oh shit Erica is talking like Erica is being a different person and I say that because she is talking to the 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 guests of the party and she's asking questions she's like you know what you can thank Tom Girardi for this because she's asking she said when you're around an erudite person she's like just ask them questions they'll talk and so as they're talking about themselves and different things in the world, Erica is just chiming in and She's the girls. Up. Yeah, and keeping up and the girls are like, Who is this bitch? <laughs> it it was it was a really great light to see Erica in because, you know, the Pathopus and everything, she's kinda of painted herself in a specific light. So to see her actually having these deep conversations with quote-unquote erudites a lot of the girls were surprised and taken surprised taken exactly and taken back which has led a lot of people on x to kind of say this is a clear example of how exactly smart erica is so there's no way she was not in on the air, the Tom Girardi scandal of it all. I was about to say that, but not that. I was going to say this is how she she's a show pony. She can tell you she listens a lot. Of, again, she was in the strip club. A lot of the girls who know in the strip club, they listen, they pay attention to shit, pay attention to details. Because this is your hustle. So that's how she got Tom, and that's how she was able to be around him and his people, and to show because she can listen and pay attention and absorb information. Um, That's how she got the earrings. 700K, which she was vindicated on also. She told the ladies, hey, listen, the judgment came out. The appeal was reversed, so these earrings belong to me. It all belongs to me. And the yeah, girls did not give a shit. Singing that right now. Uh, the girls did not give a shit. They said, oh, congratulations. Uh, let's go to the next spot. That's it. And she was a little uh, pissy about it. And I think that's what led to her kind of drinking the day a couple of, of the party. Um, because she wanted and lemon. she wanted more of a moment. She wanted the ladies to actually apologize for the way that they treated her. Do you think that the ladies should have apologized? I believe they should have. I believe they did say congratulations, but it was like a mm, mm, congratulations. But 
they need they she deserved more because they put her through hell on high water through the shit um of the shit that Tom put her through in the situation he put her in. And so they could have at least acknowledged and said, you know, gave a hug or well deserved. You know what I'm saying? Or what what have you. But they chose not to do that. So but I think that's why I said she was like, well, let me double down on y'all bitches then. Yeah. <laughs> let me show y'all who I can really be doing this dinner party, which was amazing. But Erica was fun. Erica yeah, was fun was. in this. And who wasn't fun? Kyle Richards. Because Kyle was like, I'm sitting at the head of the table and no one's talking about me. Yeah, there were several shots where the camera would look at her and she was just looking at each side of the table kind of deadpan like, I'm over it. <laughs> no one's talking about no yeah. one's talking about me. Not at all. And, and so, to the point where it's like, okay, Kyle, listen, we know you are the anchor for the group. You're the consistent. You've been the OG from day one from Beverly Hills. But if you were to take a break, the the group can continue on. Um, Sutton has done a, uh, a magnificent job of of basically um, steering her way into the group to say and taking a lead, basically taking LVP's position, really, um, in this franchise. And I think Kyle has recognized, like, that could be problematic. So, so yeah, so that's where we are. But we'll find out next week with the ladies um, as they, you know... Continue um, their trip through Spain. Doing our whole thing. So... We're going to move on to Real Housewives of Potomac and see what happened with these broads. Nothing at all. Next show. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, the ladies are still being their disjointed selves. Yeah, you know what? With, with these ladies, as we were watching this, I'm like, you know, I'm just bored. There isn't nothing that's really been that's standing out with them, right? Like Giselle and her daughter sitting out with Karen and they, their daughter's talking about the college. That was a beautiful moment. That was a large part of like that ep- one episode. It was a very significant amount of time that them sitting together, you know, so Giselle's daughter can under- understand, you know, how college may be and the challenges she may be having. But, I mean, besides that, we have with Surrey County, with the girls, uh, well, at Candace's Mother's Day brunch. So Candace does a Mother's Day brunch. She invites all the ladies besides Giselle. She even extends an invitation to to Robin. Robin chooses not to go. Yeah. Um, based off the position that they're in right now. But all the ladies show up and it's a beautiful situation. It was actually the nicest event of the season. It wasn't pickles, it wasn't hot dogs <laughs> and chafing dishes. Like it was an actual opulent thing because a lot of people have been complaining about this franchise in particular that there's no glamour, there's no real money. But people are saying that. People are saying that, and you have to think about it. It's true. Like they're going to Austin, Texas. I went to Austin, Texas last year for my birthday. Um, there's no like extravagant. There's no Spain. There's no Spain trip. But they've done that before. Ladies. They've been on trips before, so I don't know. They, no, they went on trips. So there was never been happened. What's, what do you the, think the situation is? But the trips have never been to a high caliber. That's what people are 
talking about. But I feel like they have, though. They go to Surrey County. Name. They go to Surrey County. They go to Austin, Texas. They go to Savannah. Like, where have they been? They once they I think went, they went to, to uh, Portugal. They went to Portugal. Yes, one fabulous place, nine years. <laughs> Good for them. But this season in particular, the budget has been a little low. Really? Uh, for these ladies. So a lot of people were excited that this particular event that Candace put on seemed like it cost a coin. Is basically <laughs> what is what the internets were talking about. Well, that's interesting. Well, it was very beautiful. It was she had a perfume bar, which that was nice. And I feel like I want to have an event with something like that. Um, to be to be very honest with you, but it's beautiful. The ladies looked gorgeous. They went there. They you know shared their mother experiences and everything. But then to the point where Karen, <laughs> as only Karen can do, invites the ladies to Surrey County, which I don't know why we're going to Surrey County all the goddamn time. Because it's cheap. And she purchased, she mentions to them that she's going to purchase her grandmother's home, which is 104 years old. But she couldn't invite all of the ladies because of insurance liability. So she was going to put their names in the fishbowl and then have a drawing and take them out. To which the point, she did do that to a point and then sends a message to say who was selected. And then. <laughs> And it was Giselle, Candace, Wendy, and Ashley. Ashley. To everyone hearted the text message except for Giselle, who said, Thank you, Karen, I love you, but I will not be attending. And of course, she's not t- attending because she's, I guess, afraid Wendy and Candace are going to jump her in the parking lot. Something. To the point where then Karen sends another text message the next day saying, Everyone's invited. Yes. <laughs> we got the approval for the insurance. <laughs> and so, um, only ladies who didn't sh- end up showing up to the residence was everyone except for Giselle and Robin. So, oh, and my, my Mia didn't show up as well. So, you know, these things happen with, with the ladies and this group. It's really sad. It saddens me to see that there is a clear divide within this group. And I think Karen is the one trying to bring them together. She's trying to hold to say, listen, we can put our differences aside here and there. Um, let's let's show the world that we can still be bonded and we can move forward as ladies of leisure. But that doesn't really happen with this group. Um, we also see that. Candace decides to have a sit down with Robin so they can talk about their differences and and maybe either get their friendship back on track or to see what happened or what was the breakdown with this friendship and and all the shade that Candace threw via through via social media and talking to the blogs and doing interviews. And I was confused when they met at Lily's. Um, because Candace gave Robin the floor to talk about everything. And Robin basically was like, I've, I've said everything I can say. So, but I'm still unclear of what Robin issue is with Candace. The issue is if Candace honestly feels that Robin was in cahoots with Giselle as far as 
throwing Candace's husband under the bus to protect what was happening between Robin and Juan, then they really aren't friends. And Candace really doesn't know Robin the way that I guess Robin assumes Candace thought she knew her. Or maybe maybe I said my question wrong. Maybe I I got that part. So maybe I'm confused about the part of Candace defending her position of why she said this shit about Robin. That's the part I'm confused about. Because I mean... Candace said to, to justify why you had to go that hard in the paint for your own Robin and Juan. Like, why did you have to say color a fraud? That's the part I'm confused about. But, uh, because, honestly, think about last year when all this shit went down. After the season was pretty much over and us, John Q. Public, finds out all this juicy gossip. Everybody was crying that Robin was a fraud. So, imagine... During the entirety of this season, your husband is the one that's maligned. When in reality, there was someone else's husband that was out doing dirty shit. And of course, because of Robin's and Giselle's closeness, you're automatically going to assume that since Giselle was the culprit, Robin has to have known about it. If not been in immediate cahoots then at least got you know got the the tip off before it came out so i can understand where candace is you know it's her husband she was gonna go and candace already goes low as it is so she was gonna go to the gutter but and i can and for the sorry you guys you're hearing zoe out there she's something's happening outside give us one second we'll be trying to figure this out but yeah, so I, I just think that I don't know why she would think her friend would want to plot on her like that. Even if even if that's your other you your friend your friend is the your friend is a friend of your enemy. I'm just trying to figure out why would you think that Robin would do some shit like that to you? I don't know because but you're you're over. You're skipping over the fact that it was Robin's husband who was the one that no, was actually I, 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 doing the egregious shit. shit. No, I get so, that. I get that part so of it. So, of course, her mind is probably thinking she's going to do whatever she can to cover up for her husband, who is actually the villain of the season. Well, Candace, is, 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 and I, you know, I always write for Candace, but she, then she's dumb as fuck because she, you can't say what you, you can't go out there and be and crucify someone or talk all type of shit and then then, then think in turn we're gonna be hella cool. Like and why you're upset with me. True. So she's dumb as fuck with like you need to choose your or, words. You gotta be conscious to choose your words again, the, the the tongue has power in it. I know you ain't saying that of all people. <laughs> I know you ain't saying that of all people. If I go off on friends, you, if I'm a, friends of the pod. If I go off on you, I know what I'm going off on you for. And I'm not going to be like, okay. And then, all right, well, I went off on you. But oh, we're still cool now. I just think where Candace is going wrong, it's not crazy to see where she's coming from. Considering everything happened and it was very coincidental that the theme of the season was you know husbands doing shit but all and but all the while it was you know someone else's husband actually doing shit but she needs to now because what has been said has already been said you can't change it right easily say okay i value our friendship what i said was wrong how i 
felt is one thing, but the things that I said were aggressive towards you, someone I care and still clearly care about. So that I sincerely apologize for instead of doubling down and being like, but we still friends, right? It, and that's where I am with Robin on like, no. Well, yes. <laughs> like, if you feel I'm this trash box bitch that will conspire against you and your family, right. then we don't need to be friends. It's, like, yeah. it's that clear. Yeah. And I'm not understanding where Candace is not seeing that. It's like, yes, if you truly feel these things that you said, you shouldn't want to be her friend. And you should be that's cool yeah. with you guys parting ways instead of like crying and folding up your napkin when she's not coming to events that you're inviting her to. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, you got, you, you, again, that's what I said, but the tongue has power in it, and you got to mean what you say, say what you mean, mean what you say. And sometimes your words can cause action, and it, it's caused, clearly it's caused uh, the, the dissolvement of this friendship. The most important thing I do need to ask you uh, pertaining to this franchise. Sure. Will you be purchasing any GNA product? That is a no for no. me. I don't need any Giselle and Ashley products. Um, they have horrible fashion sense. It is. I think it's hilarious. I think it's like you and I uh, doing a hair care line. Like literally us coming out with barrettes and scrunchies <laughs> and a fucking and hot combs and hot combs. <laughs> Like with us on the box, two bald niggas like, yes, get the get, get into this S curl. Yeah. Like, curler. What? <laughs> like you bitches can't put together a cute outfit if it was literally put together for you and left on your bed. They would still manage to fuck it up and come out in yeah. something crazy. And it, it, to for Giselle to say it's a marriage between Lululemon and Fenty. Fiala Fenty. I don't want to see that marriage. No, <laughs> not, from, not from y'all. Not from them hoes. <laughs> not from y'all. Literally, like, Ashley was looking like, in one of the episodes, she had on, like, this tattered neon skirt. She like she was wearing fucking geranimals. Like, I don't... <laughs> Ashley literally dresses like she is a little girl putting on her mom's clothes like you know no, when not kids her mom, somebody else's mom not her mom you, stop it <laughs> you know it. when you let kids when they're young dress however they want so like they're at the grocery store and dress as a pirate freedom, yeah. or a fucking ballerina yeah. with like cowboy boots on like that's Ashley in adult form <laughs> with fake boobs seriously yeah um and then the name God, is GNA it just GNA I thought this is not a G. I thought it was Gina. Gonna not not gonna. No, Gina. it's just G N A. G N A. Giselle N Ashley. No, like, y'all can't come up with a fucking name for y'all. Fucking, just G N A. Type of bullshit. They just got money <laughs> lackluster. Um, it's gonna bitch type shit that they fucking doing. It's gonna go the same way of every hue. You're yeah. gonna be saying every who. Yeah, like. <laughs> So, that is Real Housewives of Potomac. We're going to take a flight down to the Dirty Dirty to Atlanta for Meredith Married to Medicine. Which, again, another situation that I'm not excited for this season. Now, I'm excited for the next, ep- the next episode is going to happen. Yes. Um, <laughs> for the drama for that. But the two episodes that we saw, you know... Um, Listen, 
I think that we don't, we need to just get to the shit because within these two it. episodes, it wasn't that much other than fluff. That's so, what it was. So let's go. I have a question to ask you. That's a question. Do you think Simone was wrong for, for scheduling the group, the couple's trip to go to Hilton Head, which is the exact place where Dr. Jackie's husband was caught cheating. Yes. So now I so I so even yes if, and even no. if it was a bogo, even if it was a a hookup. Yes and no. So Okay, so I'm I'm going to say this. I have a few best friends. Now, it's hard to keep all the information Sometimes straight. No, not really. Not for me. Uh, I actually keep everything straight. But let's just say it was hard for me to keep my best friend's information straight. And I planned a trip. We planned a trip to go somewhere. And one of my best friends had got cheated on by their spouse. And at this point, I would remember where that place. Where, really? Where you would were. remember the city? I would remember the city that that person. Yeah, I remember all type of shit. So I, rem- I will remember where you got cheated on. And I'm not going to book the place there or even to the point where we're at an event and I say and then someone mentions oh like you want to go to fucking this county and the friend who looks at me like are you serious and you tell me that's the place where Curtis took his side bitch I'm going to reschedule I'm going to yeah. fuck fuck this already book no we oh my bad y'all see this is this is producers producing yes of course. that's what this is yes. and it was so apparent I'm like this is disgusting yes because you can easily y'all and this is another place why are y'all going to different y'all from Atlanta going to South Carolina like y'all can't take trips across the country across the uh, across the, the pond we can't go to, we can't go to Paris we <laughs> we, oui, oui. um, yeah. I mean, for me, shit. What I do mean, you think? So you thought? What do you thought? I because you know how I am. If it doesn't directly involve me or has happened to me, it is trivial. So I don't like. I'm not going to store in my mental database a city where another nigga cheated on another bitch. Like, I, I'm just but not. But you're a best friend. This is your, Still, your of 20 some odd years. I, I, honestly, honestly. That you know, that you know there was conversation. You, you, and you went to this bitch's house and you, you, you were, had, had bottles of, of red wine and you have listened to her cry to you and you knew the city. You gonna say, you gonna say, you, you gonna forget? You're there's looking, a, looking real different now. No, there's a real chance. The, honestly, I would okay. forget. I would forget, just hypothetically speaking. No, nah, you don't forget no. shit that I fucking say. You, you pull back shit from 2010 that I said when I first because met you. Because that directly happened to me. <laughs> oh, and you that, tell No, me. that directly happened to shit. me. And that has affected me to the point where it has imprinted on my brain. Now, things don't imprint on my brain that happen of people. That's what I'm saying. But your bestie of 20 some odd years? Again, she probably saw a deal on Bogo said, Seesaw! Seesaw! Ain't this good? <laughs> With her fucking teeth out to the keyboard. Probably fucking. She probably reserved it with her teeth on the keyboard, just click clacking her teeth on the keyboard. Uh, fucking Simone. But I don't know. 
I wouldn't have faulted. I wouldn't have faulted her when she brought it up. Where I would have faulted her is after I said I'm not comfortable going there and heavenly fucking spazzing out. Her saying coming back days later, being like, "So we still going?" I like that's when I would be like, "Bitch, what?" Like, because again, she could have easily like we've made reservations to places before. We put deposits on places before. You can eat that charge if you can't. Right. And if, and it's. Hypnet or Blue Ridge or wherever the fuck they're going, I don't imagine they put a deposit of like 20k down. No, no, no. you probably put like a thousand dollar deposit. You're a fucking doctor, eat that charge and go somewhere else. But like you said, it's all production. The talent doesn't really, they're not really on Expedia no, fucking booking <laughs> flights and calling, getting rooms together. The PA's doing all it's shit. all production saying, this is where y'all going. Right. This is what y'all doing. And we want you to head up the trip this year. Right. So, and I don't, and I expect nothing less from a production team that brings on the fucking ex-husband and new bitch of a current cast member to be a full-time part of the cast. This is part of the course for this production team. This is yeah. basically right up their alley. If they probably, if I bet you next week when we see the new episode, the bitch he cheated on probably going to be <laughs> the cleaning crew Somehow working of the the Airbnb they staying at. Mark my words. Yeah. No, that that that's just it was wrong and foul and the fact that now I do love Dr. Heavenly going at Simone's ass, which is like you can't make like bitch you can't see this, like you yeah. can't see how wrong like Jackie's bothered by this and it's and Simone just like, but Jackie ain't said she bothered. But Jackie's like, Simone, like for real. Like, <laughs> <I don't." laughs> she's like, I don't. And to the point where she's like, well, if Curtis say he cool with it, then we can go. But Curtis is like, y'all motherfuckers for real. Like, I, I just, I just don't. But I don't get it. It's, it's gonna be. A, I hope it's great television because it's probably the most excitement we fucking have for this goddamn show this season. Be- besides Quash showing up to the fucking party and Toy trying to kick her out, and even um, that fell flat when it actually happened. Yeah, I was like, all right, like Quad ain't you know, like Quad hasn't been in some episodes, so this is just mm, all right. Marriage mess is on. We got to watch it, but you know, let's see what happens because everyone's going is. Everyone who was attending is married, except for Phaedra. She's there solo because. But Toya had issue with Qua going into the couple trip by herself. So I wonder if she's gonna have the same energy with Phaedra being by herself. Uh, probably not. Because no one wants to fuck Eugene. She only want to fuck Eugene. Her own fucking husband. So, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, that really was really marriage medicine. I mean, besides the fluff of Phaedra's son's birthday party, which is again. The topic of them going to this to this um, resort. Yeah. And what city was it again? South Carolina. South Carolina, but it's whatever this hilltop or hill. Hilton Head. Hilton Head. Oh, well, I'm, shout out to Hilton Head. Y'all getting some um, notoriety for free. Um, I don't know if that's the cheap destination spot of the southeast. It's true, but yeah, it's a <laughs> but, it's a town in South Carolina. Yeah, but shout Ooh, out six to y'all. hours and thirty five minute flight from us. You want to go to Hilton Head? I am okay. Okay, <laughs> that's where you take the side bitches at. Um, so yeah, so that was basically marriage medicine because <laughs> there's nothing else really that's no. Oh, well, we did see something today though. We did watch Mariah 
and Carlos's King interview because Mariah, if you guys don't know, um, season one through four, but she's the creator and um, EP of Married to Medicine. She actually came up with the, the show concept, her and her husband, uh, Dr. Aiden, and it was a lovely interview with with Carlos. I was it was very insightful. It was very insightful. But Mariah is a star, and she is any interview with her because she rarely does interviews is going to be good. The second part of the interview comes out next Tuesday. I can't wait. Oh, because he asked the question, "Who is the big?" He said, "Is Doctor Jackie a the real villain? The real villain?" And she says, "Fuck yes." Yes, she said that <laughs> with her. She chest. said, "Fuck yes." Yeah, she said that with her. Chest. <laughs> said, "Oh, I can't wait till Tuesday come out, baby, because." That is going to be the T. And the fact that Mariah, she was, uh, and again, the first time black women to pitch a show to Bravo, um, to have her EP and also be talent in the show. And also, we did wish you, we found out in the interview was this show got picked up by TLC, but TLC didn't want to do something with the coinage. So she went with Bravo. And that's how we came. It was a different name, but they, they came up with Married to Medicine. But, um, yeah, so she and she has scissor like she thought about this show throughout, filmed it, had a pilot and had a, pretty much it was a package deal ready to go. And Bravo picked it up. So Mariah is the goat, you know, um, they need to bring her ass back, but they pushed her ass out. She was great television and she has new things going for her. And I, I'm totally excited about her. Her new uh, her new ventures and that she's going on. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see her on TV again. Yeah, it was again. really nice to see that interview. She's a star. And everything. So, we're going to go on to Married at First Sight. Um, basically, the new... Um, there was a new wedding. Uh, a re, uh, was, not a rewind, but... Um, a the redo. gentleman who got left at the altar. Michael. He, they matched him with a new bride. Chloe. Chloe. And his name was David... Michael. Michael. So Michael and Chloe got married in the week before last episode. Right. And that entire episode essentially was dedicated to the two of them where we saw them get ready in preparation, walk down the aisle where all of the other couples except for Austin and Rebecca and and Cameron. Yes. Were in attendance. Were in attendance. And the way I didn't care about them going into this episode and the way that I absolutely cared about them towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. is what I initially liked about Married at First Sight is seeing two people that actually want to do the process right. doing the process. Like, he was excited to see her. She was excited to see him. They were excited to talk and get to know each other. It wasn't this contrived drama of okay let's bring on someone who just wants to be on tv okay it was let's bring on people who actually want to be married so how did you feel about the fact that the production didn't or, and, and the experts did not inform chloe that michael had been stood up prior to her being matched to him see i don't buy that me personally because when he told her on camera she was just too cool and calm and collected about it me on the other, I would have had questions. I would have been like, so what happened? She did what? She said what? She looked like what? <laughs> but when he was telling her, she was like, okay, well, it's us now. So I firmly think that 
the production because the experts didn't tell her. Uh, Dr. Pepper specifically said that she wasn't going to tell her. So I think that production gave her a heads up because there's no, I mean, it's the the couples were in the audience were in the yeah in the in the wedding but they were on both sides right so it wasn't how. like okay that must be his people it was like well they sit next to my who the fuck is the who? right and that's when when he mentioned like I know you probably saw some people who you know who you probably don't look familiar to you and it's like this is the other cast members being part of your wedding it's like well what the fuck yeah yeah so. But they looked like they had a good time, and it was very promising until it wasn't. <laughs> we got to the honeymoon part, and she basically says she'll know if she can do this because she has some emotional baggage, and she didn't realize how real this would be, which I am tired of these people going on these fucking reality TV shows and not understanding the assignment. You signed up for this shit. An extensive questionnaire. You went through a fucking psychological evaluation with this shit. And you spent, like, do you not understand what you, and you watched the show. So what do you mean? Like, I didn't know it would be this hard or have these emotions. Girl, if you don't knock that shit off, like, it, it was, stop playing with me. It was the end of the honeymoon where they were going to move in with each other in, you know, the apartment the very next day because they basically had to go to a resort near Denver. They they wasn't get, catching no flights. No, they weren't catching no flights. Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got three weeks before the final decision. Yeah. You're not catching no flight. Lifetime was like, not in the budget. Take them <laughs> take them up to fucking Hilton Head. Uh, but it was, I guess, the fact that they had to move in with each other the very next day that was sinking into her, uh, sinking in with her, and she kind of voiced her reservations about it but what i love about the two of them together is you can tell they they're big on communication and they know how to communicate uh one thing that she said that resonated with me she said she doesn't like to impose on people when she's feeling a certain way so what she does is she tries to act normal but in in that act, she's way too reserved and it comes off as her being standoffish. And I guess that happened off air earlier that day. So on camera, she just wanted to explain where that was coming from. And that led into her expressing how she had reservations right. and was scared about moving in together. Okay. And Michael, I mean... He's he is such a champ. Like he is. He, he is he understands so it. understanding and patient and gave her words of encouragement like hey, we're in this together. It kind of makes him more attractive in a way. It does. It like does. and it's like cuz he's not the, he, he had craters in his face. Let's just call it what it is. But the fact that he is emotionally um intelligent extremely and the fact that he's like listen like you can take time for yourself like it's okay like let's process this walk this thing out let's let's talk this thing out together um is really nice and the fact I'm like shit you can't have two bras leave your ass right. within 15 seconds like that's kind of but that's crazy but he could have easily went left when he she could have and he when he first started saying i don't know if i can he can like Bitch! Yeah, he could have, or he can also internalize, yeah. realize, but it's like, it's not me, it's, it's their shit, but it's like, okay, this is a process, we, 
the, yes, we're new. We don't know each other. We're gonna we're gonna figure this out together. That's the beauty of what this show is. Also, I want to point out. So I mentioned to you last night as we were watching this was, you know, when you are, you can tell there's a telltale sign you can have about your relationship, and it's the telltale signs when you go to a wedding or, and I say a wedding because it's really a romantic situation. But you can you can gauge where you are with your spouse or your partner if you have one at that time. Cause and if you and I'll say this if you've been married and so let I, let me preface it by saying that because when you have when you have had a marriage or you had a ceremony that's a very you remember that like it's yesterday you remember how you feel so when you are in the presence of love you see a new couple going into that you then you start to think about what how your wedding day was yeah. and the feels you have. And that typically kind of gives you emotion. You kind of get a little touchy with your partner. Mm-hmm. Or you don't, you rub or, you know, you, you, you just hold them a little tighter, whatever, what have you. And none of these motherfuckers who <laughs> were the couples before, none of them did that. None but- of them had a chance to, none of them looked or embraced each other as if they were still together together or felt that that first emotion they felt and when they got married but you have to realize the only actual couple I was that about was to say that there too. was emily and brennan and they are not the couple to look for <laughs> <laughs> look towards for they any are. of that no they are and yes yeah, so emily and brent he was a complete ass then you had uh my girl our girl Lindsay and uh lauren is yeah, lauren. lauren and orion. that nigga orion who got way too much camera time if you ask way me. too much time and then um the therapy i can think of her fucking name all the claire time. claire and her dude he was in still and he's hiding he's having in heart medical situations right so, he's- so yeah so but I was, they talked about, they had the couples talk about maybe how they felt watching and being back in that venue. Because I think some of them got married in that venue. Yeah. And so someone like, you know, oh, you know, I had to thought about, you know, our wedding day, but no one had the feels. No one had the, that's the thing, the feels, the Zazazu. Like there was no Zazazu that was there um, with the couples. So it was interesting to see, but it was, it was very nice and pleasant to see that spark of love between David, Michael, and Chloe. It was nice to see that. They had the Zazazu. I think I think that they did. And I certainly hope that they make it all the way because I'm rooting for them. Everyone else, not at all. <clears throat> Next week, they will have their couples retreat where I think Michael and Chloe will sit this out. Probably so. <laughs> Um, so it will be a couple's retreat where, unfortunately, they're inviting Orion back uh, and Lauren, who I love to see. Love to see Lauren. Hate to see him. Yes. But speaking of people who we love to see, let's go to this is the beginning RuPaul's Drag Race. Now, listen, we've had the two premieres. All the girls are together now. It is 16 girls and we've had two people be eliminated. And the two who are eliminated are who? So, first, we are going to go with the initial elimination. And we have to talk about this. It was Miss Hershey LaCour Jete. Now, this was the third episode. And 
shockingly, it was the ball episode where all the girls had to put together a look, a three look, looks. three, three, looks three completely different looks, yes. two looks that they brought themselves and one that they had to make there on the show out of men's apparel. So first suits, of all, ties, etc. If we have any drag queens or baby drag queens listen to the show, if you going to go on RuPaul Drag Race, I have a friend. You make sure your friend has enrolled into a sewing class for two sessions, not sessions, semesters. Two semesters need to be completed before you make any application to go on RuPaul's Drag Race. Period. Or just learn how to thread a needle. No, 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 no. I need you to go to two semesters of sewing classes at El Camino, L.A. College Trade Tech, LACC, Mission Hills Community College. Like, I need you to take a sewing class two semesters. All right. So, the ladies have to... Put together an outfit. We know how this challenge goes. I love the spin that they put on it using men's wear, argyle socks, ties, suit jackets, etc. So, in this episode, I did not care for the ball. The categories were confusing They're as hell. Weird as fuck. It was Lucy Mother Goosey. Goosey. Yeah, it, it 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 wasn't really cohesive. It was very. I like when the the themes are very specific, like orange. <laughs> like <laughs> you do whatever you want, but it has to be orange looks. This uh, season, it was all over the place. None of the looks had cohesion. It was some bitches coming out with pig ears. It was some <laughs> bitches that came out with fur cats around as a stall. It was just as a stole. It was just a lot. Uh, but I will say the right person was eliminated. <laughs> because Hershey LaCourgette's looks, not all three of them. Her first look was a bumblebee look. Why it was a bumblebee? I don't know, but it was very cute. But her last two looks were absolutely horrible. The one specifically that she made. What she brought and then she. Well, it was a pair of pants (laughs) that looked like it could have been brought from Chico's or New York and Company. Just like a nice casual, uh, semi-casual slack with a top that. It was a, well, that was horrible and a flat shake and go wig. She deserved to leave. It was very Ruth said it was it's giving realness, which means when you and when someone says realness, especially with drag, basically means that you're giving pussy. You're giving like pedestrian woman. Like you're just giving giving realness. Like you can walk on the street and be a woman and not giving drag. Drag is ex- exaggeration. It's it's glamour. It's yeah, she looked like she was big about to... Big hair. Big, big. Big is better. She looked like she was about to clock in at work. Like she worked for an insurance company. It's tax season or something. She's at H&R Block. Like... Which, uh, not to not to throw this girl under the bus, but she did say she was giving homage to the woman in her life. So, but she needed to pay them more. Which... Honor. Would have worked <laughs> different way, right? Uh, which would have worked season one, two, or three. I even said that she reminded me a lot of Akasha, Akasha from season one. Season one, who, but again, you guys know Akasha. She was walking the runway. She fell down. She spun and got back up like it was meant to happen. But the thing is, that was season one. We're now in season. 16 where chicks take out personal loans and they <laughs> are in debt a minimum of $30,000 coming with their package so a pair of uh, White House black market slacks 
and a blouse that you hot glued some shit on is not going to cut it. Yeah, so she was the first one to go. And then the second episode that happened to be Mirage was eliminated. Yes, Mirage was, I think, hot take unjustly eliminated. She really was. I don't think that she should have been eliminated for that episode. This uh, episode, the challenge was a night of a thousand shares. But now, so, and also, they they also did the um, R&D. No. Drag Race, SNL. They're SNL, but it was what's the, oh yeah the uh, uh, I can't think of the fucking whatever the acronym is. RuPaul Drag Race, RuPaul Drag RDR 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 <laughs> Live, yeah, where which is like an SNL basically skit situation. So that was the the challenge. The challenge, and so she was actually the host. So she didn't do. She, I think she did okay. Yeah, I think she was middle of the road. Where she what she would have won, and she would have won the lip sync. If she knew the fucking words to the fucking song, because she was giving share. Oh, she was giving. And she was share giving a performance down. But and it was she fucked up. She shouldn't. Rue looked at Rue looked at them lips, and he was like, "Oh, that bitch don't know the fucking words." Rue was disgusted. It was, <laughs> and I was actually low key disgusted because it's one of my favorite share songs of all time, "Dark Lady." Shout out. But where she went wrong with her runway look. Her outfit was giving 70 share. Her hair was giving 60 share. And if you know RuPaul, which a lot of these young girls don't, she is a stickler for her divas. Yes. Specifically, Diana Ross. And Cher. And Cher. So if you're going to do something as iconic of a look that Mirage decided to do... You better do it. You better do it. Or if you're going to add a twist, it has to be better. Mm -hmm. than what she did and it wasn't better it was just a hodgepodge of two different eras and rue did not like that one bit no and when the lipstick was over (laughs) michelle massage as her head was as she was looking down she said not one word yeah she didn't (laughs) like the bitch she didn't know one word of the motherfucking song which when it started out it i thought she did it wasn't such a turnaround like oh she's Turning around because she don't know the fucking lyrics. But it was so unfortunate because her body and her movements were perfect. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfection. And what made me even more irritated when we watched Untucked, this bitch was sitting down having a kiki. She should have had her fucking iPod <laughs> shuffle in the corner practicing these words. Learn your lyrics. But can we talk about for one second? This is give a, a mention to the person who actually won this challenge because. The girls have been sleeping on her, and I love her. I think we both are fans of her. Yeah, Plasma. Plasma. For Plasma me, did that thing, baby. For me, the top three absolutely has to be Plasma. Ooh. Wait. Okay, top four. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Top four has to be Plasma, Q, Nymphia Wynn, and Sapphira Crystal. Now I can take all three of the last one you said, but I, I Sapphire I give, Crystal? I can give uh, she just rushed me. She gives me minger energy and the and, and the drag. I don't I'm tired of that in drag. I'm tired of the bitchy shit. Like I'm tired well, of seeing that. Jane. No, no, but no, but Safari Crystals. Uh-huh. Um she she has moments where she's yeah, like, she does. She and it's does. like, oh, I'm tired of that type of shit. Like, it come on, is, now. it like, is. Like y'all fighting for y'all fucking life. Y'all, those motherfuckers who legislation trying to say y'all can't do do, do, yeah. do drag and and 
and read books to kids. Like, yeah. stop being bitchy. Yeah, yeah. It, I agree. I absolutely agree. I think that is a played out trope that right now we don't need to perpetuate. I yeah. know, but especially because this show is no longer for us. Yes, it is it's for America. Completely it's, mainstream it's, it's, in America. Yes. So let right now until shit happens where y'all can work. Yes. <laughs> and do what y'all do freely. Like let's let's uplift each other. But yeah, so out we have Mirage and Hershey LaCourgette. Can't wait to see what happens next week. Yes. So friends, that's gonna wrap and conclude our episode for Oh That's My Gay Friend. We wanna thank you guys for listening to us. Um Episode 80. Listen, we have 20 more for 100. We told y'all it's going to be a special situation, so we can't wait to tell you guys the details about that. But in the meantime, we want to thank you. Any questions, concerns, or comments, go to our IG page at Oh That's My Gay Friend on IG or email us at Oh That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. We want to thank you guys for giving us about almost two hours of your time. You have 22 marks with yourself. Go ahead and give yourself a hug, a warm, toasty cocktail and make sure you say hi to a stranger today okay and anyway bye friends bye friends (laughs) (laughs) today's episode of oh that's my gay friend is brought to you by the letter a a listen did y'all really think we were gonna teach y'all something this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband tune in next friday for an all new episode of oh that's my gay friend follow us on instagram at oh that's my gay friend or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com until next week bye friends